0: It's the Holtcast, and Aston Villa podcast. I'm James Rushton, joined by Danny Raza. We're here to catch up with a lot of Aston Villa news that's happened. Well, since we took a break, um, pre season's only just started. There wasn't a much to speak about, Danny. We've come back. We're feeling refreshed. And thank God, because there is uh, quite a lot to go through, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well, mate. I'm doing well, mate. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm um, especially excited about today's news. I think um, it's worth saying our Twitter handles. Mine's JMO Rushton, JMO Rushton. Yours is Raza Journal. And we've got to talk about a hashtag, mate. It's uh, announce mm. Mings. The deal's done.
1: Yeah. Uh, people were panicking for ages, weren't they? People were panicking about whether or not he'd come back to Villa, and people just were, as, as I said before on the last podcast, people have just been bored. Last few weeks have been a bit quiet. We got, we reached, we we got target, obviously at some point during those last few weeks. I don't know when; I couldn't tell you the day. <laughs> um, but uh, people have been a bit concerned that Villa haven't been sorting out their their defence, haven't been sorting out, you know, the the, the missing links inside the squad. And, and look, we got our, we got our man, we we got the big one. And Tyrone Mings is the big one. Um, uh, obviously, all sorts of fees being quoted in terms of add-ons and stuff. Uh, hot Bournemouth, as we um, as, as was reported, supposedly supposedly had been paying hardball with him, but I think the minimum that we that we spent on him is something around the region of twenty million pounds. Which, when you consider how important he was to us going up next season, I think it's uh, I think it almost pays for itself.
0: Yeah, it's a big fee in isolation, but when you remember. Kind of what? How important Tyrone Mings is? It doesn't seem to hurt that much. And hey, I was I woke up to it this morning and I kind of had a browse through Bournemouth's previous transfers, their incomings, and they spent sixteen million on Jordan Ibe, then a further nineteen million on Dominic Solanke, who scored one whole goal in the Premier League, one hole, just one. It wasn't even for Bournemouth; it was for Liverpool a few years ago. Um, so it you know it Tyrone Mings for twenty million, it's a good deal. It's a good deal. It will eventually go up to twenty six point five million. Ius while well, we've read, if all things go well, like Villa stay up, Villa make certain competitions, Tyron Mings gets into the England squad. But if that does happen, it means he's worth every penny. It means yeah.
1: you know we're in a good place. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, for, for those add-ons to, to really sort of uh, reach that sort of height, we will have taken. I mean, the gamble would have basically paid off, essentially. And it is a massive gamble because he's you know he's 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 a player that that has had a history of injuries. I mean there, there is there is all the chance that he could get you know he could he could um, you know obviously fingers crossed. But there is all the chance that, that he could get injured at some point during the season and we're and we're left to just struggle with backups. But you know I mean that's that's why Villa are moving quick in the market and that's why we are the big spenders in the Premier League so far. I mean, it's all relative. Uh, I mean, a lot of the figures have been inflated, but when you when you look at it, we're a newly promoted club and we're spending ridiculous money. We're the big spenders.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying it. I mean, that that information comes from the Sky Sports graphic, I believe, and that included, it did include the add-ons um, from my calculations. I'm really, really bad at math, so I'll need to be corrected there. But I do believe it includes all those add-ons, all those little bargaining chips that we use to, kind of get that initial fee down um but even then it's a quite a stark reality of the investment needed to make Aston Villa a Premier League side and even without Mings no even with Mings sorry you look at the squad and it's bare bones it really is you've got one first choice striker and it's a guy we've literally just signed you've got Tyra Mings going straight in that centre back to yeah and you know rotation between James Chester and whoever else is there available, Courtney Horse, Frederick Wilbur. You haven't got you have got that much options across the team, so Villa will still need to invest. Um, thankfully, we also brought in Matt Target. But going back to Tyron Mings, did you think that deal was going to get done?
1: Because I had my doubts, to be fair. I, I think the honest answer is I didn't know. But from what I've seen so far, if Villa have wanted a player and wanted him really bad, they've been prepared to pay the money for him. We spent a lot of money on Matt Target. Uh, we spent a lot of money on Wes, Wesley Moraes. Um and if 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 that's if the spending that has happened so far is anything to go by and the sort of quotes and the types of bids that we've made for 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 players like Jack Butland, supposedly. Um I think if 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 pla if if we really want a player and we're we're having to spend a lot of money on him, I think the, the way that Villa are going about this is they have very very specific targets and they will pay what they want or pay what they can for these players basically. Um, so I think I think with Mings again, look, I, it was very quiet. Uh, nothing was was being said. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of conspiracy theories going around. People were it's kind of sad really some people were like sort of drawing um com- drawing comparisons to where he was staying in comparison to to John Terry and Dean Smith whilst they were on holiday mm. um there was a lot there was a lot of that going on a lot of um, a lot of talk really but uh as soon as Villa made the bid i i had a feeling we were going to get him what about you i don't know i i always thought it
0: it's a possibility it's a major possibility but and this is odd but i thought the Ming stuff you know how everyone was saying it constantly, and in isolation, each hashtag announcement is a joke. And I mean, I'm probably going to use that as the the head title, you know, the title for the this episode of the podcast. But in isolation, each was a funny joke. But you've got to remember that there's thousands and thousands of people saying this to him constantly on everything, and Aston Villa as well. And it was just a bit, you know, if if Tomer Mings doesn't come, and as every there's every re- reality that he, he might not have because of the fee because of personal terms. There's all these stuff that all these things that have to be considered. It's not, it's not a simple thing, moving a player from one football club to another. It's really, really difficult to pull off. Um, so I thought, look, if this doesn't happen, how many people have assumed this is that this is happening and how do I, how did I deal with those feelings after?
1: Yeah. And especially nowadays as well, like, uh, you gotta remember that, that Bournemouth obviously spend a lot of money themselves and they they, they they're obviously going through some sort of difficulty. Uh, well, not necessarily right now, but they they've 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 been through some sort of difficulty, haven't they? And I mean they they've got a they've got their own finances to look after. Um and if that means holding a guy like Tyrone Minx back, uh, so that they can get the absolute best for him, then you know that's that's fair enough. I haven't got a problem with that. But as you say, yeah. I mean, it was. I I would have been annoyed if I was Tyron Mings. But look, he's a professional footballer. Social media isn't necessarily the recommended thing, but you know what comes with it. Um, and obsessive fans will will come for it, especially a especially a good looking lad like him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, the deal means a lot to us, of course. This announcement Mings stuff doesn't happen if Tyron Mings doesn't mean, you know. A lot to us. And I'm sitting here almost trying not to piss myself to death thinking, Oh my God, we've got, we've actually got Tyrone Mings. He's a Villa player. He's a player who entered in only 18 games, entered this really strange, mythical status for us. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, he was a really special player. And oh, yeah. no one else, no one else can know that other clubs look and they go, Oh, they've spent how much on Tyrone Mings? But Tyrone Mings last season, I wouldn't have put a price on him. It was worth so much, and I think I wish Villa had inserted some kind of clause in that deal with Bournemouth because it it really has come to bite them. And whatever Bournemouth were asking then, certainly wouldn't be twenty million, rising to twenty six point five million now. It would have been about ten.
1: I'm really surprised we didn't. I don't understand how that deal went through without us getting. But maybe maybe it was a, a case of us just really rushing to get the deal done. Maybe Bournemouth weren't that into the deal. I I don't know. Um. Maybe, Maybe Villa
0: didn't want to risk any obligation if Tyrone Mings was, was a croc.
1: It wouldn't be an He'd obligation. It's just two point. injury
0: problems. Well, it, you know, I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense. I'm trying to explain something that doesn't seem to make any sense. But I guess that's just how the cookie crumbled, really. And we're left with the, well, the only thing we can do is bite the bullet. That's honestly the only thing we could have done is bite that bullet and eat that
1: fee. From Bournemouth's perspective, they've got a, a very talented English player who obviously had a lot of talent when he moved there, and 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 showed a lot of potential for them. So if he was to come down to the Championship and do ridiculously well, uh, why would they? Why would they sell him on the cheap? I mean, and and, and if it came to it, uh, and 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 he wasn't that good, they could probably get uh, they could probably get some money out of him anyway.
0: I see the thinking there, but even then, they'd have probably only asked for like 15 million.
1: Yeah. So but not, at that not, we're time, coming very close to that 20 million figure though, aren't we?
0: Yeah, but 15 million rising to 20 isn't 20 rising to 26. It's still it's still so much cheaper. And I'm thinking the business was there to be done.
1: Listen, if you're then, sat if you're sat in that uh negotiation chair, right, putting up a 15 million pound offer like that, right, think about it. What are the chances that he was going to turn out to be a fifteen million pound player at the end of the season if if at that point he just turned out to be a pretty you know a pretty decent player that we could have had in the squad and the option to buy is that fifteen million uh you can no longer buy him when you think about it. Do you know what I mean if he was just an okay player if he was a Courtney house standard of player but we still wanted to still wanted to buy him uh would would basically be obliged to pay that fifteen million pound I don't think anybody could have predicted he was going to be this good. It's even Bournemouth, really, because they signed
0: Chris Meatham to to take that kind of centre-back spot. Not that Tyron Mings owned it at Bournemouth anyway, but they, they brought a new centre-back center in, Chris Meatham from Brentford, and they kind of had a good centre-back there already, so clearly they didn't even know what they had on them because Tyron Mings barely saw any action for him. Not really. You saw, you know, from what I can remember, I can, I can only really remember Tyron Mings as an Aston Villa player, to be honest, right now. But he didn't really see that much action for him, so it's a it's a really strange one how we've uh, how how it's all happened and why we've paid so much. But Tyron is all of a sudden, this is play with so much meaning to Villa fans, and twenty million almost seems cheap when you consider those emotions. And no one else is going to understand that. You can't put that those feelings out there for anyone to relate to at all. They're no. not gonna. It's not gonna make sense.
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, this is going to go one of two ways now. I mean, we've spent a lot of money. I mean, we were having a go at Fulham last season for spending way too much money. They spent £100 million. We're heading that way. We're probably going to end up spending more than they did. Um, and and whilst, whilst we're assembling a good first-team squad here, a lot of it is born off potential. Uh, and honestly, even with the big man Mings here, who I'm delighted to have back at the club, by the way, Right, and it hasn't really sunk in. But I'm I'm delighted, delighted, delighted to have him back in the club. Um, even with him there, unless we get the the backups right, and unless we we start filling out that squad, it's all going to be worth nothing because we could very easily go down if um, if you know if a couple of injuries happen.
0: Yeah, Villa really need to fill out like that squad depth because I've I've drawn it out a few times, and no matter wh- whatever which way you look at it, Villa's squad depth is. It's extremely weak, and I think the amount of squad churn we have is something like sixty. Only sixty three percent of our players are continuing from last season onto this season. Ignoring Mings, ignoring Swanzobi, it's the players who are still there. So we've boosted that a bit by getting Mings back. It's still going to be like seventy percent. The rest of the Premier League is about ninety. They've kept everyone. Mm-hmm. they've got the same players from last season so it's villa who faced the biggest task in terms of squad churn and transition in terms of squad players and new players coming in so it's a big ask and everyone go refers to fulham doing a fulham it's not i don't believe in that you you have to you have to spend what you have to spend and villa have to spend a lot of money because they need to build and construct an entire team Fulham had their problems. They probably bought the wrong type of players. They bought players that probably didn't gel. They probably didn't give the manager enough time, to be honest. Um, there's a lot of factors in this that don't really apply to Aston Villa. But, uh, you know, you're going to look at Villa probably spending close to 200 million. We're already at 60-odd now.
1: 200 million? I'm not sure about that. I can't see that We're at 60
0: now, mate. So you need a new goalkeeper, a defensive midfielder, another striker, another centre-back. Maybe... Um, Maybe another attacking midfielder, definitely another winger. These this is gonna cost you.
1: No, I think you can I think you can fill it out for another fifty million. Let's go to a rumor, for example, Adam Webster,
0: 30 million from uh, Bristol City, centre back ball player, a uh, really highly rated. He will cost Aston Villa twenty five to thirty million, so you'd expect Villa to fill out their squad for another twenty million if we were to buy
1: him, for example. Uh leave him, get Hagazi.
0: Hagazi's still ten.
1: Yeah, but thirty million for Adam Webster? No thanks. I mean, that's that, that's that's just silly spending at that point. You know, he's a good player, but again, you know, you're, you're looking at paying ridiculous amount of money for what is he a thirty year old?
0: He's not thirty. He's like twenty three.
1: Oh, is he? Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Okay, he's, 24, he's twenty four. He's twenty four. Sorry, fair yeah, enough. he's fairly young. Um, he looks thirty. Yeah, no,
0: he does look the age you've said. I will dig you out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've not really looked into it too much because,
0: like, I, I will be honest. I will be honest. I thought he was Nathan Baker in photos, you know, and getting images. I didn't know that Adam Webster existed. I thought Nathan Baker was playing that good when I've watched him. I genuinely thought, and I will admit to this right now, that I thought Adam Webster was Nathan Baker. And I've, I've, delet- well, I've deleted most of my tweets. I kind of refreshed my timeline. You've got to do that <laughs> with social media. you got to have a cleanse, haven't you? got to have a cleanse, a nice cleanse, like yeah, a yeah, detox. Yeah, yeah. And I genuinely t- tweeted so many times how good Nathan Baker seems to be getting on. For um, are, you, are you serious? <laughs> no, I am serious. And it turns out it was Adam Webster.
1: Webster and Baker have been like a partnership, haven't they? They've they, they played together, right?
0: I really hope so, because I'm starting to believe now that I have not even seen Nathan Baker at all. It's just been Adam Webster this whole time.
1: Either way, I don't think it's worth spending that kind of money for a championship centre-back. I mean, that sounds kind of hypocritical, having just spent that kind of money on Tyrone Minx.
0: Thirty million on a, a 20 yeah championship centre back, but yeah, I know you are right. And look, when it adds up with Calvin Phillips, who's going to cost upwards of twenty-five million, Jack Butland, who again upwards of twenty-five million, that's your budget gone on three players.
1: The thing is, the thing is with this transfer market, Villa and Dean Smith should be looking at it and kind of going, "Who's high priority, and who could we sort of replace on that list with with other foreign players?" We can't just pick and choose. Like no 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 team goes through, you know, a transfer market picking and choosing players who aren't for sale. We can't do that. Like it's just unaffordable. We need to be looking elsewhere. We need to be looking abroad. Really. I mean, we've had links to players like Santa Maria, for example, right? Yeah.
0: Wrong EA. Stuff
1: like that. Yeah, exactly. Why not why not why not why not go abroad for him? I Marvelous in of course. Marvelous. Was to the another one. Yeah. I had a watch of him at AFCON? He's looked good. You know, another one at Afcon as well, Trezeguet?
0: Trezeguet, yeah. Um, He's always been in my mind for so... I watched Afcon a few years ago. Of course, the World Cup this year, Afcon this year, the African Cup of Nations. Trezeguet has always stood out to me. And it's not because he's any good of a footballer. And he's, he's all right. He likes to take on people. He's confident. He's exactly what you'd want from a rotation left winger. It's just his name, Trezeguet. Is that is he named after David Trezeguet?
1: I think he just he just calls himself Trezeguet. It's not his real name. His real name is what, Mahmoud Hassan. Why does he call himself Trezeguet then? It is a cool name, right? Let's 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 find this out, right?
0: No, he, oh. he is it is it
1: does derive from David Trezeguet. Okay, yeah, it has derived from it, right? So he was given the nickname Trezeguet at age nine by a youth coach in his school team. Due to his goal-scoring record for the team and resemblance to French international footballer David Trezeguet, so at age
0: nine, his his coach thought uh, this guy looks like David Trezeguet. At age nine,
1: you're not doing too well at that point, are you? Do you know what I mean? If you're no, you're nine, that, yeah, that's like fantastic. <laughs>
0: if he looks like David Trezeguet, then no, it's uh, it's over. He looks nothing like David Trezeguet.
1: He actually looks nothing like him. No, you're right. He he doesn't, does he? Not anymore. No, he's five Maybe foot he's eleven.
0: He's Egyptian. There's no relation to France at all. He was Kafir El Sheikh. He was born. That's not where David Trezeguet was born. He started his career at Al-Akli. That's not where David Trezeguet played his football.
1: Sorry, James, say that again. Al-Akli. Al-Akli.
0: <laughs> Al-Akli. How did you say? You tell me. Al-Ali. Just call it Al-Ali. Al-Ali.
1: Yeah, or Alakli. That's what I said? You said Alakli. Like That's CK. what you just said? <laughs> are you are you having me on here? i no, I call it Alakli. That's what I said. Alright, James, whatever you say.
0: Okay. I'm not saying it again, but <laughs> Trezeguet played there. I'm I'm really struggling to see the resemblance here. Um, the goal-scoring record isn't even that good, mate. So I'm really struggling to see through the eyes of Trezeguet's youth coach at age nine.
1: Well, he is a left midfielder. Yeah.
0: The goal-scoring record's not there, though, is it? It's, it's not David Trezeguet numbers.
1: To be fair, as a winger, as a wide midfielder, he scored nine goals for cassim and 29 um 29 appearances and he's he's uh, he scored 6 for for Egypt as well which again for a winger is pretty good the thing with the way that egypt play is that uh they do rely pretty heavily on him and mohamed salah uh rather than the striker necessarily they they, they egypt don't don't really have goal scoring strikers when when you look at their record and we look at the way that they play um and he he is very very important to that team i've always liked him uh I mean, I, I think more so since the World Cup last year, I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, but his, his dribbling is on point. He, he runs at players. He's exactly the kind of player that's going to work well for Dean Smith. I think he'd be. A, I think it'd be a very good option for us. And I think that would basically complete our um, complete our wingers. The only problem there is, again, we look very left heavy.
0: Yeah, and you'd be taking this guy surely over Syed Ben Rama, which is just Ben is really good. And Trezegay Tris- Tris- is just good. Ben Rama's the real deal. And I'm not saying Trezegay might not be the real deal. I, you know, we need to see him at Villa. We need to have that direct comparison. But sorry, Ben Rama's just class.
1: No, look, Ben Rama's great, right? He's he's played very well in the championship. And obviously, at, even for Algeria, he's he's, like he's 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 only made a couple of appearances for them. But, you know, we don't know necessarily Ben Rama would, would cut it in the Premier League, right? Like yeah, it's the same with Trezeguet. We don't know necessarily if he's going to cut it in the Premier League as well as he did in the Championship. Trezeguet shown potential elsewhere. He's shown he's shown potential in Turkey. So why why not bring him in? You know why 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 pay all that extra money for Ben Rama, who again is um is is a question. It's a massive question mark. I think we've got Trezeguet who's who's been performing well on the international scene. He's only twenty four years old. If we can get him for about twenty for for about ten million, then I'd take that over thirty million Ben Rama. At this point we've got to start thinking about budget. We can't just start spending on whoever we want willy-nilly.
0: Well looking through Trezeguet's... um looking through the news articles linked to him and so he's been linked to moves all over the shop for the last six odd years. I'm not surprised. Nottingham yeah, Nottingham Forest, Celtic, uh and lec, of course, he moved to eventually, uh, even Inter Milan, Galatasaray, Slavia Prague. It's uh, there's a lot of big. Cl- Palmer, there's a lot of big clubs. So this guy's agent is working overtime. He's getting he's getting linked to those big moves constantly. Um, so it does look like Villa, because Villa are at the stadium, right? This is a definite link. Villa are at the stadium when Egypt played South Africa and fell apart and lost.
1: Oh, maybe maybe they're just giving Ahmed Al Mohamedy some. Support.
0: <laughs> you'd you'd like to think so, but they're, they it could well be looking at not just one of his teammates, but two because we're not just linked to trezeguet mate, but uh Hagazi, of course, he plays for West Brom. And he's a bit of a decent centre back, isn't he? I think a lot of Villa fans have said, Oh, we won't have him because he's a West Brom player. But whenever I've seen him, he just he oozes that kind of James Chester like class. He can play that high line. He's like Tyron Ming's as well he's like a little bit of a, he's not as good as either of them but he's got that little bit of mix between them he's good in the air can play with, can play the high line can use his feet he's he's, he's well liked at, at West Brom and we'll be taking that for what 10 12 million I he's a really good this, player
1: i don't know where this myth has come from that he can't play the ball this myth that that Ahmed Hagazi is you know some sort of lumbering giant that can't play football i don't know where this has come from it's baseless I mean, against us, I thought he carried the ball out pretty well. Uh, I, I guess maybe you could talk about some of the defensive errors that have happened for West Brom. But generally, they defend really well as a unit. And the only reason any of these errors ever happen is because all they do is defend. But well, every single centre-back is prone to errors. James Chester and Tyron Mings have made a few. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I really like Higazi. I, I always think that... I mean, I thought, I thought particularly... In in the playoff games against us, I thought he was their best player,
0: and that's when they were crap.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Look, he's big, right? He, he's 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 powering, right? He's 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 only twenty eight. He's not he's not as old as some people probably think he is. Um, I think I think it'd be a, I think it'd be a very good option for us. I think he could start for us as well. But I think generally where you'd see him play is in that um, position the same position the same center back position left sided center back where where Tyrone Mings um would will be first choice uh, but absolutely he's a fantastic option and you can probably link up pretty well with uh, with El-Mohammedi as well there's some good chemistry going
0: mate if you get Trezeguet Ahmed Hagazi and el Mohamedi in that same team you've got a bit of, you got a bit of Egypt there haven't you
1: you got a bit of a pyramid there mate can you say that
0: you? <laughs> it was it was good anyway but uh Hagazi, a lot of people criticising him, and I can't see it myself. I think they've seen three games of him and just decided, no, um, this is the guy who's been playing at the ha- highest level, whether it be for Egypt or West Brom. You know, he's been playing Premier League football. He's been playing in World Cups, Cup of Nations, Under Twenty World Cups, Olympics. He's been all over the place. So pedigree, the pedigree's there. I'd have him at yeah, ten million, ten twelve million. It's a it's a, again a no brainer. It seems so simple, especially if you're looking at Webster's class, right? Adam Webster's class, even though I thought he was Nathan Baker. But Hagazi comes in and i cheaper. It's <laughs> cheaper. You can make that deal. It's cr- it's a cross city deal. The connections are there.
1: Make it happen. I'm really down for Ahmed Hagazi. I really want Hagazi and Hotter to be our best players next season, just so I can see the salt in our fans who uh, have mindlessly just been just hating on them for no reason whatsoever.
0: Well, that's what I they do. So. They do come from the you know West Bram and Birmingham.
1: I don't care if we're if we're taking their best players, then yeah. that's a good thing.
0: They're really good players as well. Hatta ripped us apart. I, I know we've mentioned it before, but Hatta's uh, ripped us apart, and the guys who can play across that. Uh, those centre back positions left and right, right footed, of course. But uh, yeah, it's that nice bit of balance, mate. I'm, re- I'm really down for it again, as I said.
1: I think the point is, you don't need to be paying 20 to 30 million for every single, for every single position that's left for us to fill. Absolutely not. No,
0: I don't think so. Uh, Matt Target was a cheap example. What was that? 11 million rising to 17 if everything goes well. Left back, exactly what we needed. Some competition for Neil Taylor. Steady. Look, he has that early cross like Almo as well. And that Almo early crosses, that got, that brought us to the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So, Matt Target, there's a lot to like. If you like Almo, Matt
1: Target could be that little bit better on the left-hand side. Another one that ripped us to shreds.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Fulham. We saw him enough. We saw him in person. I've seen him in person twice. and I didn't like it. Not, I didn't like it happening to me. He didn't get much of a chance at Southampton last season. No, not as well. You're playing with Ryan Bertrand, so you've really got a kick on. He's one of the more decent left-sided defenders. But Matt Target, 11 million. There's a lot to like there,
1: mate. Yeah, I'd take it. Again, was the best left-back in the Championship two seasons ago. Like, the best. Uh, he's, he, he'll bring assists. I th- I'd like to think he'll bring goals as well. I think what we're seeing, which I'm really, really impressed with, actually, all the signings when you look at them so far, very technically skilled players. Like players, you know, players who haven't made their name out of being big and powerful and, you know, uh, basically brick houses. Every single signing that we're making so far is is a very technical player. Target is like that. You know, these are the kinds of, these are the kinds of players that I remember when I was a kid, I really enjoyed like um, the links to guys like Ryan Taylor. In fact, sorry, guys like Matty Taylor who like, would would just like score goals from thirty yards while playing at left back, you know. You'd like watching the guys like Cessinio or Roberto Carlos and that kind of thing, um, players who obviously weren't linked to. Uh, and I, I think you know those are the kind of fullbacks, which are which are really exciting to me. And I think I think Matt Target has the potential to do really well for us. Al um, Mohamed has been exciting me in the Af- uh, in the African Cup of Nations. Um, you know, he's, he's he's still been popping in with goals, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, potentially next season. If we've got Target and and and, and Al Mahamedi on on either side, there's going to be teams who are going to be struggling to to hold us off, because we're gonna we're gonna have serious overlapping fullback power. So
0: exactly what you want to see: some attacking fullbacks, Will be Al Mahamedi, Matt Target, and I mean Neil Taylor, even though he doesn't put the ball in the air at all, hates to cross, still an attacking fullback. Just need to see a bit more from him. But Matt Target putting the ball in the air, hopefully off the head of Wesley Moraes. Who is a confirmed signing? Again, uh, we've already spoke at length about that, but that is Villa's current record deal. Tyron Mings may eventually surpass that, but Wesley, right now, the initial fee of twenty two million. I'm really happy. Uh, he's got a lot to prove, but he he's, that initial interview, he really wants to prove it. He wants to make it known that he's a record signing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't wait to see him play. I wonder if he's going to be as good as we uh, as as good as we think he is. Well, as good as his V commands. But the, the, the funny thing is, he's a totally unknown quantity, isn't he? Like, to, to everybody. But yeah, he-
0: I mean, stats bomb put out of the player radar, as they do, um, demonstrating his qualities or lack of them. And they were really worried, but it's very obvious with context why Wesley is a Villa player, and that's because he's dangerous in the air and absolutely loves to get on the end of a cross. You buy Matt Target, you've got Almo, Will Bear, you've got players who will put in crosses, El Ghazi, Hotta, players who will play the ball in. And now you've got Wesley, who will get in those good positions. He'll get in those positions of damage. He'll, da- he'll do damage him on the end of a Matt Target cross.
1: I mean, at the very at the very least, he'll end up like a like a Salomon Rondon, right? Like, you'd hope. He's got the same sort of size, hasn't he? Yeah, bringing players in. Yeah, Exactly.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've got Al Ghazi, Hota, uh Grealish, of course, Jack Grealish. We forget the players you already have that he can bring into play very easily with a short pass.
1: Last last striker we had that big, right? And I'm going to ignore Rudy Gostelli, was John Carew. And, uh, I've, I've you know, you, you can really see Wesley Moraes go, go on and be as big a success as him. Um, he was the guy that, uh, he was probably my favourite striker growing up anyway. And I could, I could see him. What about Ben Teke? Oh gosh, there was Benteke as well, wasn't there?
0: Yeah, but I'll, I'll go with Carew. He was a, it was a big favourite. I think Benteke was something different. Yeah, he he could do some magic. Couldn't he? That that goal against Manchester United, it was just oof, that little curling chip almost. Find he found that little tiny gap to get the ball through, and Benteke was always like that the technical, the technical brilliance that probably wasn't greatly appreciated. I mean, John Carew probably didn't have that. Uh, hopefully, Wesley's got a bit of both about him. About him.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I'm, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that the work permit went through. It's nice to see a another South American face at Villa. Uh, I'm I'm glad it's been a while, uh, so it's it, it's it's great to have that again. Because I mean, potentially, if he goes on and does well, you never know. Maybe we'll be seeing him play in the uh, Copa America next year.
0: But uh, he hasn't been capped yet. But I mean, Premier League football gets new eyes on you, don't it? Those scouts, those international scouts. He'll, he's got everything to play for. He's got that. Big record fee to play for, and he wants to get get playing into that that international team. That's the next step for him, I guess. Um,
1: Look, if he if he if he comes in and scores what ten goals in in the first sort of three or four months he's here, then he'll get picked for sure. I don't think Brazil are incredibly difficult to to to, to get to break into at the moment.
0: he has got a chance. Yeah, you have to start scoring though, because he, he's not been picked so far. You have to really start you know, kicking on and getting noticed. So. uh the platform's there, Wesley. You do it. Um, speaking of internationals, Jack Butland was a player we've been linked with for most of the window, but it looks like that deal is dead. They've still got irons in the fire. Tom Heaton is a the name they're linked with now, and it looks like they're putting in a bid today that was rejected because it was a bit of a lowball bid. Villa are putting lowball bids in left, right and centre. The one for Tom Heaton rejected. He's valued about five to seven million, so Villa probably put in four quid for him. <laughs> five quid. So, fire. yeah, um, Burnley, Burnley rejected it. Tom Heaton's a class keeper though.
1: Burnley, by the way, pulled off uh, a proper good signing in, in Jay Rodriguez for about five million quid. That's one I, I really would have wanted. I mean, that was one I That's really Jeter. cheap. Yeah, I'm jealous of that one. I'm not gonna lie. But uh, yeah, you're right. I mean Heaton Heaton, one of their like four or five goalkeepers, um, we'll get we'll if if, if we want him, we'll get him. How
0: much first choice, how many first choice goalkeepers does Burnley have? Because they got Joe Hart, Nick Pope, Tom Heaton. They must have a few more.
1: Uh, Let's have a look. That's that's still
0: too many. I'm going to have a look at the Burnley squad. You have Joe Hart, former England international, the big bright hope of the future back in when the future was uh, 2009. You've got Nick Pope, now the big bright future of England. And he's about, he must be about 27. He's not young. Tom Heaton, once the big bright hope of uh, Manchester United. And he's a class keeper. He was the keeper they had when they came up. And I remember him saving everything he's uh, still a quality keeper. There's not much, that much difference between him and Jack
1: Butland except age. I think the thing with, with Butland is like, um, I feel bad for him because if Stoke are like refusing to sell for that kind of money, they're basically forcing an England standard player to play in the championship, which which is awful because what will end up happening is he'll, he'll just end up leaving on a free, which is, you know, not good for anybody. Well, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Butland's happy at Stoke. Maybe he is. But uh, I I would imagine a player of that quality generally has has bigger ambitions. But yeah, you're right. Look, Burnley have Nick Pope, Joe Hart, and Tom Heaton. But Tom Heaton has been their captain, um, and I think that's the only that's the only thing um, to probably hold us back from him. Wouldn't mind Nick Pope, but uh, consistency is an issue with him. Um, definitely don't want their first choice keeper, who is Adam Legdan. <laughs> Uh That's the only thing. What about Joe Hart then? Would you? No, would that be off the table. No, it's off the table. I, I don't think. Look, I, he's a, he's a talented goalkeeper, and he's not actually, he's not actually very old either. He's only thirty two, which means you know he's got years left in him. But uh, I'm sure wages would be an issue. They have been in the past, haven't they? If we if, if past links are to, um, are to be considered, uh, I believe we were, we were, we were linked with them quite heavily before. Um, but yeah, I don't want us to be spending you know ridiculous amounts of money on on on, on Joe Hart. Uh, I'd rather get somebody who we can stay who can stay with us for another ten years or so.
0: Hey, forget about Jed Steer and Oya your who we've we've got, who are both first choice goalkeepers who have played in that number one spot for Villa for big stretches of the season.
1: Mm, Nyland's gonna have to go out on loan, in my opinion. No way, the Premier League. You'd you'd would you keep Kalinic? If we start the Premier League with Kalinic. Uh, as our first-choice goalkeeper, uh, it would not be the worst thing in the world. Do you really think so? Well, no, he's a, he's, he is a good goalkeeper. Uh, I think that we had issues with him in the Championship. Fair enough. Perhaps those nerves will have gone by the time he's in the Premier League. I mean, fundamentally, he's a good goalkeeper. He was very good with crosses. Uh, I think there was times though he just dropped some clangers, and I think that the, the thing is these clangers that come that happen from goalkeepers. I don't think you can necessarily put it down to them being fundamentally bad, especially when he's played for so many big clubs in the past and, and, and done so well in the past. Uh, I just think that maybe there's something not quite right, right with him, sort of mentally, in terms of was he was he really happy at Villa? That I don't know. Um, but if if all of that kind of comes together, then perhaps he's he's going to be fine, especially with a little bit of coaching.
0: But well, it seems that Villa do actually want rid of him because uh, it was he was linked with a move to Nantes of uh, of France, and. Uh, it was believed that we would get a player in exchange, but that move seems to have kind of gone off the boil. There's been no news about it for quite a while now, about a week or so. But it does seem like Kalinic is the the goalkeeper linked most most often with a move away. Of course, with all your only just coming back off a, a major injury. It seems like Kalinic will be the one out the door. Um I guess that's about it for today then. I did there's probably a few things to speak about that we probably didn't get to, but we can save them. There is The big issue, of course, of the new kits. Um, They've, of course, been leaked. All three of them were leaked. Two more were officially leaked Then one was officially revealed. And that is the home shirt, which we'll be speaking about today. What did you make of the home shirt? Then, of course, Tyra Mings revealed it It is the Kappa Kappa shirt. It's claret and blue. The blue sleeves do come back. What do you make of it? Villa's first Premier League shirt in a while? Kappa?
1: Look, I think it's a bit boring. I'm not going to lie. I think it's a bit boring right but i look, i will i will i will give this i will be fair i think it's a little bit boring in the sense that i don't think it was very difficult to design although i do like the seaming on it um and i do like the the kappa logo on either on either sleeve that does look nice i would have liked to have seen kappa do the classic thing with you know um multiple kappa logos down the arm perhaps that would have been something that that would have been um considered I don't know they don't tend to do it much these days. But having said that, I get why they've made the kit the way it is. It's a straight up classic Villa kit. It is just claret body, blue sleeves, yellow um yellow highlights. And if it's our first season back in the Premier League, if it's our big return, uh, I get why we've just kind of kept it um kept it true to our DNA, I guess. Um, I'm 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 fine with it. Um, I just want to see something more imaginative next season. I thought, so my initial thought was, oh, that's a Burnley kit.
0: Oh, it looks like West Ham. Then I, then I thought, hang on. Burnley and West Ham look like us. It's not the other way around. We invented this kit. We made Claret and Blue popular. Like We were the first team. Yeah, it? yeah, of course. So this is a Villa kit. It's not a Burnley kit. It's not a West Ham kit. This is a Villa kit. This is the original Claret and Blue. Everyone else is copying it. So I'm revelling in it. At first, I thought it was a bit boring. Then I thought, what really can you do with a Villa kit after the Luke one? Because the Luke one was all claret. You can't really have all claret two years in a row. But uh, it's a good first effort. I think uh, in future, they'll be having fan feedback. So there'll probably be a vote for one of the kits uh, probably next season or if the season after if the designs aren't, aren't formalized. But um, the Away kit, mate, that's the interesting one. That's a sky blue one with the kind of white piping down, but faintly down it.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I don't know if I've seen like a seen like a real one yet. It's just designs, isn't it, at the moment, right? Those designs are pretty bang on. Right. That there was that leaked photo, wasn't there, of people carrying a flag. Yeah. It wasn't there? Can't see it very clearly. Have you seen the green one? The third one? I mean the the wake fairly boring, fair, to be honest. But the green one if that is if that one's real, green with black sleeves, that's my kit for the season. That's the one I'll get.
0: I was thinking that. I was thinking that's a Danny Riser shirt. Absolutely. I like the away one. I haven't had an away one in a while, so it'd be a, I want two of them, and I think one will definitely be the green one. And uh I'll have to fight it out between the, the home and away. But actually, um to end the show, I've actually got a bit of funny breaking news for you. I mean it's not villa re- well, it is villa related. But uh, Pontus Janssen has just been sold by Leeds United to Brentford for £5 million.
1: What on earth? <laughs> £5 million?
0: Basically, the story goes that the club weren't happy with him trying to demand a move to the Premier League. They weren't happy with his antics against Aston Villa. Marcelo Bielsa doesn't like him. So he's been completely sacked off, much to the anger. The anger of a. Uh, Leeds fans who are a bit, they don't really know why Leeds would have do that, especially after they rejected £15 million for him last summer. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> that is bad. That is, really, that is very really Leeds bad.
0: United, isn't it? Yeah. That's extremely Leeds United. But yeah, I mean, what better note to end on than that? A good laugh. That's what happens when you remain in the championship, I guess. We're probably seeing them next season.
1: I can't say I feel sorry for him after what he tried to pull.
0: Yeah, I mean, that doesn't really stink of bad attitude, though. It just stinks of a player who really just wants to win every single game. And that's, that's not bad. And I think Leeds have said that's a bad attitude to have. He clearly cared for the club.
1: He's consistently been so good in the championship. I know some people say that he he makes errors or whatever, but I think every, all in all... Yeah, that's every that's defender that's player with Yeah, exactly. He's a, he's a defender with, with Premier League quantities. Um, or at least he should be at a bigger club. But uh, fair enough, I guess Brentford. Well done on on signing him. It's a good signal of intent, I think, for for them. So uh, best of luck to them next season.
0: <laughs> what better way to end it on? Danny. That is the transfer window updated. I guess they we'll, we'll be hoping for more moves this week. Bit of a, uh, a short week for them to do it though we were calling on a Monday so they got four more days to uh, get stuff done before the weekend the season is drawing closer there is only a, a week or ten or ten or so days until they fly out to uh, Minnesota to start that preseason against Minnesota United so it's a uh, it's a short short window to get some business done
1: yeah absolutely absolutely um, remember this window closes before the Premier League starts so uh, as you say We've gotta we've gotta start moving quickly. And if we're all the way over in America, <laughs> I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure how quickly we can do business, but I'm sure I'm sure Pitak and whatnot will be sorting that out.
0: Next ten days will be massive, then we'll see if some moves are done and we'll be catching up on the weekend, hopefully with some uh, some news of some new players coming in. I'm James Rushton, that's Danny Rosley. It's been the whole cast. We'll see you soon. Goodbye.